We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the Week 10 Start Sit Show on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? All right, welcome into the Roto-Viz Fantasy Football Show. This is the Start Sit Show for Week 10. 10 uh, with our live stream as always i'm dave cabin one of the owners here at rotoviz uh, curtis won't be able to join us tonight but we will do our best to answer any start sit questions that come in between now and when we shut things down around maybe 8 10 in advance of this thursday night game as we always do we'll start off by taking a quick check in on the various positions Exciting result here this week. If you look at the top quarterbacks in the week 10 GLSP with CJ Stroud finishing in this week's GLSP is the highest rated passer with an average of 22.3 points. He will be playing against Cincinnati in what should be a fun game here with two offenses that have been really trending in the right direction behind Stroud. You have Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, Another quarterback on an offense that has been playing notably well in recent games, followed by Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Brock Purdy comes in pretty high this week, followed by Deshaun Watson. We'll see how Josh Dobbs fares in his second game in Minnesota. In terms of his matchup or players that operate like Dobbs, I should say, against defenses like New Orleans, he does finish inside the top uh, 12 this week, uh, probably a fairly useful player, uh, given that we see players like Patrick Mahomes on by this week. Uh, Will Levis actually scores pretty high, uh, profiles as a QB one based upon this week's GLSP other players that I think are notable for some of our listeners out there. You do have Sam Howell, uh, coming in, in the top 15, as well as Tyson Badgett. Yeah, followed by Gardner Minshew. So some options there at quarterback that teams in need could turn toward. Now, we make our way to running backs. Uh, we will see that the top players this week are a lot of the usual suspects. You have Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, Travis Etienne, Jacobs, Gibbs, Hall, Alvin Kamara. 
really no major surprises making their way into the ranks this week. Um, off the heels of a good game, Ramondre Stevenson does finish in the top 15. Uh, Zach Moss still floating out there, although I think we know that his circumstances have changed and we don't need to view him um, you know, in the light that the GLSP might have. Awesome. We've already got our first question coming in here. Uh, comes in from Mike Gonzalez. What's up, Dave? Need some quarterback help. Trevor Lawrence or Sam Howell? Yeah, let's pull this one up here in the comparison section of the GLSP. I actually think I know where my mind is going here, given some of the things that I have looked at. Given what the GLSP has here, there's actually a pretty significant advantage in the case of Sam Howell. Now, Sam Howell is playing against the Seahawks defense. One thing that did stand out to me while working on the passing game matchup Raider this week was how favorable um, the Seahawks have been in spots to various offenses, particularly their passing attacks. Interesting, though, the same can kind of be said to some degree uh, for teams facing San Francisco. But the real notable takeaway here is that you have Howell uh, with 14% or excuse me, 30% of his matches going between 20 to 25 compared to 14% for Lawrence. Uh, that's really the big delineation here. Now, anecdotally, uh, or subjectively, if I had to choose, you know, it's honestly a little bit of a toss up for me this week. Uh, the final thing though, that we would do here is we'd look at Howell's, uh, projected stat line has him at 1.8 passing touchdowns. We'll look at what Lawrence has. Lawrence comes in around 1.5. Now, of course, that's kind of baked into the different numbers that you're seeing there in the GLSP for sure. Uh, but very honestly, I actually think here that I would go in the on the side of Howell there. So appreciate the question, Mike. Uh, we are going to say Howell. Uh, one thing though, that I do think is worth bringing up here quickly is NFL player stat explorer in case we need to go back toward it uh, and dig in a little bit deeper on some of these players. So we started looking at running back. If we make our way uh, into page two here of the GLSP. Uh, we have players like Donta Foreman, Rashad White, Najee Harris, Jerome Ford, Derek Henry, um, Brian Robinson coming in a little bit lower down, Gus Edwards, little bit downward as well. One thing, uh, just to go back to here, as I'm kind of curious, thinking a little bit more about Trevor Lawrence and Sam Howell, uh, let's just take a look at kind of how they've been trending as of late. So we will pull up uh, the NFL Stat Explorer. We'll drop in Sam Howell. And one of the things that we're going to find is that this season... Sam Howell is averaging 20.6 PPR, has been a QB1 in 67% of the games. You contrast that with Trevor Lawrence, and what you see is that Trevor Lawrence is averaging 18.3 PPR per game and has been a QB1 in just 50% of games. So, you know, we're at the point where I think it's a little bit easier in your mind to make some of these adjustments and go for a player like Howell over Lawrence uh, despite what we might have thought in the beginning of the season. So if we look at wide receivers uh, this week, you have Diggs, Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen toward the top. Keenan Allen is going to go absolutely berserk 
uh, this weekend in his matchup with Detroit is my expectation. In terms of surprises, you do see both Josh Downs and Michael Pittman making their way into wide receiver one rankings. Now, the thing here that's also notable is from a matchup perspective, given their alignment tendencies um, and how the Patriots operate, I did note that these outlooks for both players look pretty decent, um, despite some of the numbers that you could see at a high level when looking at New England. So I'm expecting both of them to have a pretty good game. Of course, crazy things can happen in these games uh, in different countries. This one will be played in Germany. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Jordan Addison, Josh Reynolds, Terry McLaurin make their way into the top 15. Reynolds probably a little bit of a surprise there. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown scoring nicely as well. Chargers have been a favorable matchup for many teams this year. Looks like that should continue. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, the thing I'll note here is he matches up pretty well against Tampa Bay. Uh, but uh, Akine Westbrook has one of the highest matchup ratings of the week, matches up very nicely with Tampa Bay. So he actually is a player that on some of my teams um, I might turn to as things shake out. I find myself, what I'm sure a lot of teams do, this week where you have very little margin for error, you have a lot of your main players out, a couple of subs that you can get in there, and these players that you are subbing, you're going to need to really make the most of it. We have Tank Dell coming in at wide receiver 16. Michael Thomas actually coming in at wide receiver 18 this week, pretty high. Um, other names that might be surprises here, I don't think there's anybody that really stands out. Marquise Brown coming in at 30. Should be fun to see if he and uh, Kyler Murray and Murray's first game back can build a connection. So at tight end, uh, let's see what else we have here. Tight end, switch the banner. Um, you got Dalton Schultz at the top of the board this week. The tools definitely seem to like Houston against Cincinnati. He's followed by George Kittle, Sam Laporta, TJ Hawkinson, Dalton Kincaid, Trey McBride, Jonu Smith, and Kyle Pitts uh, coming in consecutively here in the GLSP this week. And uh, against the Cardinals, we are seeing a lot of favorability in some of the tools available on the site. They're followed by Logan Thomas, Mark Andrews, and Cole Komet, then Gerald Everett. All right, another great question from Mike. Just got Montgomery back, full PPR, 25 point per carry, Monty, Rashad, White, Nico, who sits. Okay, yeah, this is the type of question that uh, I always love to look at. So uh, let's first look at Montgomery and Rashad White, and uh, we'll go into the comparison tab here. Montgomery, Rashad White. So... David Montgomery coming in with an average of 13.6 against Rashad White's 11.4. Um, fairly similar at the top end expectations. You do see a 10% advantage for David Montgomery in the 20 to 25 bucket. Uh, other than that, though, in their distributions, they are fairly similar. Uh, this would then lead me to the next step, which I'm pretty sure will favor Montgomery of just looking at who has the higher touchdown expectation. Uh, you have Montgomery with an average stat line here from his comps of around 15 attempts, 64 yards, 80% scored rushing touchdowns, 
if we look at White, we'll see that just 40% of his matches did. Of course, there is some room for him in the passing game. I would say out of those two, I would be leaning on the side of Montgomery. This game with the Chargers should be pretty high scoring. Um, I think that you will see a couple of rushing touchdowns from Detroit, or at the very least, uh, you know, some high quality touches from Montgomery. Nico Collins, let's pull up his numbers here. And he will be facing off against Cincinnati, as we've mentioned. Uh, 30% of his matches found the end zone. Does not have a tremendous amount of upside this week, which is actually kind of interesting as we actually see just over a quarter of his comps coming in beyond 15. Now, if I have to take a step back and think about this, um, given that there's also the 0.25 per carry, correct me there, Mike, if if I'm interpreting that incorrectly, I think that leans me toward uh, Montgomery over Nico, but we get to pick two here. So I think I would go Nico, Montgomery, sit Rashad White. Uh, Did see a great game from him last week, but might go down as his best performance of the year. So anybody out there that is listening in, watching, but has not dropped a question in the chat, please do go ahead and do so. Uh, always appreciate the questions. Happy to answer as many as we can. And in addition to uh, the start sit questions too, we will field trade questions, uh, you know, really anything else that you might have. So, A couple of players that I think are worth looking at this week, uh, particularly flex type of options. Uh, Let's take a look at what you could expect from Jalen Warren. Uh, Jalen Warren, his comps come in with around 10 rushing attempts, 38 yards on the ground, 20% managed to find the end zone. We do see 19 receiving yards for him. Uh, Does not have any of his matches going beyond 20 but we do get 31% between 10 to 15 and 16% between 15 and 20. Ah, excellent. We got some more questions coming in. Uh, Oh, Mike said, yep. Uh, Thanks, Dave. Yes, it was 0.25 point per carry. Perfect. All right, Diego Lopez. Hey there, Dave. I got to choose between Bryce Badgett or Pickett at quarterback. Really? I'm just here to cry. Also deciding between Bears D and Bengals D. So here's the thing. Um, badging this week, I think that the GLSP does not really dislike that much. In fact, we actually see only 10% of his matches going for less than 10 points. We even see 19% beyond 20, uh, overall pretty good distribution expect around 1.5 passing touchdowns. Uh, 20% of his comps found rushing touchdowns. Now, I'm not sure that we can necessarily expect that from uh, the Bears against Carolina tonight for him, uh, but this is a pretty decent projection overall. Now, I will say I don't really like going for the player here, the young quarterback on a short week, but he does find himself coming in at QB 14 this week. And if we look at some of the options here, you know, the other one would be Bryce Young, who will be playing in this game, which I would say is probably a big no thank you uh, if I'm choosing between the two. So if we punch these two passers into the comparison tab here, 
of the tool, I think what we're going to see is actually a pretty sizable advantage in the case of Badgett over Pickett because there is much higher upside for him and there's considerably more downside for Pickett against Green Bay. The other layer to add in here is that um, Green Bay's defense has been pretty good at limiting wide receivers. I think that we might see that translate into the quarterback performance for Pickett. So I would actually go with the Bears young passer here and, uh, you know, hopefully things work out there. Uh, but I definitely, definitely, uh, you know, can sympathize with the situation there. All right. Another one from Mike. Uh, lucky to have a real hard tight end call. Ooh, Hawkinson or Laporta. Yeah, this one is really fun here. We have the element of trying to figure out what Minnesota can look like without Kirk Cousins, Dobbs coming into the fold at the very least for this game. Laporta comes in in the average uh, at 13.4 as the tight end three this week versus Hawkinson at uh, 12.8 as the tight end four. Yeah, thanks for the question, Diego. And uh, if we drop these players into the comparison, uh, what we're going to see is a fairly similar distribution. The main difference coming, though, if you look at Laporta in the 15 to 20 bucket, um, has a pretty big 15% higher in that bucket. But Hawkinson does get him... Um, when you look in the 20 to 25 bucket, that's the real difference between these two. I think also if we look at Laporta, we'll see that you get 20% of his matches with touchdowns. If you look at Hawkinson, uh, you'll get 40%. This one's really tight. This one's really tough to call. Uh, I do think though, when I look at that Detroit game overall, I'm expecting more points to come from there. Feels kind of crazy for me to say it, I think. But I would go with Sam Laporta in this one, although I would um, be curious to know who you have in the flex because uh, it's possible that, you know, Hawkinson probably would be an option there as well. So as always, thanks for the questions, Mike. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Um, moving along here, uh, a couple other players that I do like to check in on because I know that we get some questions on them. Um, Jerome Ford, I've had the question about this week about, uh, you know, what he could look like. Now, Cleveland is playing Baltimore, and I think this is kind of where the question comes from because both of these defensive have been very good pass catchers in this game. None of them have very favorable outlooks. So does that translate into more work for Ford on the ground? It could. Uh, his GLSP this week gives him around 12 rushing attempts, 47 yards. We do see 20% of his matches finding the end zone as rushers also though 20% scoring touchdowns as receivers adding around 20 yards. He does though have very limited ceiling this week, which I don't think should come as a surprise against a defense like Baltimore has where we see just 18% of his matches going beyond 15 points. Now, if we bounce him off of a player like Gus Edwards, who's on the flip side of this, who has strung together some pretty nice games. And if we zoom out here and just look at what Edwards has done uh, in recent weeks, of course, you had Keaton Mitchell uh, putting together a nice game for Baltimore last week, popular waiver wire ad. What we'll see is that Gus Edwards has been an RB one in three consecutive weeks. And in those weeks, he managed to produce 13 uh, PPR. Oh, actually, sorry, wrong week here. I need to go to seven. He's managed to put up 22.7 PPR per game, which is uh, pretty wild. So if we compare him in the GLSP this week with Ford, um, what you're going to see is a pretty similar stat line. 40% of his matches scoring rushing touchdowns, no receiving touchdowns, 51 yards also with 12 attempts in a pretty limited ceiling. Um, as a result, when you line these two up and you put Jerome Ford against Gus Edwards, you do see a little bit of an advantage for Ford, largely with it, the disparity showing between 10 to 15 and then just a little bit when you get into the higher range. So um, Ford is the player that I would go with in this one. Let's see. So Mike said the Hawk Laporta team is starting Monty and Nico at the flexes from their earlier question. Okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's hard to disagree there and make the case that maybe we should try to get Hawkinson in. So unfortunate, but I think, yeah, it looks like he's going to be on the bench for you uh, this week. So just a reminder, anybody out there that is watching us on any of the various platforms here, please do get a question in um, always happy to answer them. So we talked about a couple of the running backs that we frequently get questions about. Um, if we look at the wide receivers, 
me find some of the names here um, that are commonly asked about. Mm, let's look at JSN here, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Now he has been trending in the right direction. Um, we've start to see him put together a couple more uh, fantasy viable weeks. Now with the position that some teams are in, I could see them turning his way a little bit more confidently this time of year. And uh, if we look at his PPR accumulation, we'll see that there's definitely been an increase for him since week six. Of course, in that time, he's averaged around 12.5 PPR per game. As Curtis talked about in one of our episodes recently, you're kind of seeing him emerge as the second option there. Still, that's only translating to around like five and a half to six targets a game. Um, this week against Washington, the GLSP caps him out, um, at the high end around nine or excuse me, 14.8 points. We do see though, nearly 50% of his matches failing to get to 10 points, 40% of his matches finding the end zone. So if I were forced to choose between, uh, him this week and maybe somebody like Jahan Dotson, I think that might be an interesting decision. So you got Dotson um, in this one with an average of around 12.3. Does have 8% of his matches going for more than 25. Um, fairly similar in an overall picture, but he would take the edge for me here uh, this week. The final thing that we'll zoom in here on for Josh or for Jahan Dotson is uh, 40% of his matches managed to find the end zone. Of course, this one's kind of an interesting comparison because we do have Washington uh, facing off against Seattle uh, over the weekend. All right. Awesome. Another question coming in. This one's from Nezzy. Uh Full PPR pick two Foreman, Kincaid and Addison. All right. So without even looking at anything here, uh, we're going to sit on Kincaid because I'm pretty sure that he's going to be the option. Now, Foreman, this week, we have him coming in with an average of around 11.4 uh, in PPR. You did say this was full PPR. 50% of his matches managed to find the end zone. You have the Bears playing the Panthers tonight. You get 17% of his matches beyond 20, 21% uh, between 15 to 20 she tells us a pretty nice story right there. Uh, for Addison, GLSP puts him at uh, an average of 15.7 at 8.3 targets. 50% of his matches found the end zone. 66 yards being produced by his comps. You see pretty nice numbers for him uh, when you look at the distribution. Getting 32% of his matches beyond 20 and uh, 46 beyond 15. You do have the question of Josh Dobbs, but I would, if you perceive it as a risk, go ahead and play Addison um, over Foreman, especially when you count in the fact that this game against the Panthers tonight for Chicago could end up being fairly ugly. I know I did earlier. I might be contradicting myself here having selected the quarterback from the group of options that there were. Uh, but in this case, um, 
you know, I could see some scripts for him where it's not a favorable game in comparison to what Addison or Kincaid might have. Uh, let's just quickly take a look at Kincaid in the GLSP this week. 30% of his matches finding the end zone should see around 7.4 targets against Denver, 56 yards. Nicer distribution too, I would say for him. So in my opinion, I would go with Addison and Kincaid in this one. All right, 8.06, we'll hang out for a couple more minutes. Looks like Mike dropped another one in here. Uh, super ugly flex decision. Trey McBride or Mitchell, full PPR and 0.25 points per carry. So let's just take a look at what we might be able to expect from McBride. Now, there's a little bit of a wild card in here in what things look like for Arizona with Kyle Murray under center. But McBride should see around seven targets, 53 yards, 20% of his matches found the end zone, largely concentrated in the 5 to 15 range with 68% of his matches falling into there. Uh, so if we look at, yeah, this is this is versus Mitchell. And... Uh, <sighs> 11, so GLSP doesn't have too much good information to use for Mitchell here. Off of what it does have, 30% of his matches found the end zone, 11 attempts, 45 yards, an average PPR of 9.2. The thing that makes this kind of tough here is that you have two situations that are a little bit nebulous, so you can't point toward the one that you feel like you have a better handle on and use that to kind of level set here. I would go with McBride. Um, I would go with McBride. I think that if I'm looking at these, well, okay, I'll answer it like this. And sometimes I don't like to do it this way, but if you're looking for upside, I would go with Mitchell. If you're looking for safety here, I would go with McBride. I think that in the over, you know, if we draw a range of outcomes, you're going to see more that are viable for a team for McBride than you would with Mitchell. Yep. You bet. Nezzy. glad to help out this one coming in from will start Singletary, Miles Sanders, or Ezekiel Elliott. Um, full PPR. Okay. So this should be a good one here. We'll start off by popping in Singletary, uh, against Sanders. So a lot of favored ability here for Sanders. when you look in the GLSP, um, that's probably the direction that we would head. Now I, I will admit that, uh, in terms of Sanders health situation, I'm not sure if there's still any lingering issues, but the GLSP definitely favors him here. Um, and if we turn toward Elliot and pop him in, you can see that uh, there's still a little bit of a favorability here for Sanders, although fairly similar with Elliot. The final thing that I think we should probably add in here is uh, just a quick kind of view of what we've seen out of Elliott in recent weeks in that New England offense, which seems to be up and down, uh, kind of changing a lot. You know, we've only seen one game for him this year with more than 10 PPR. Last couple of weeks, he's been averaging around six points. You contrast that with Miles Sanders uh, this year, who, <clears throat> excuse me, has put up... <sighs> 
you know, he's missed a lot of action, did put up nine points against the Colts last weekend in the beginning of the season, did record an RB2 performance and an RB1 performance. Of course, you have that short week issue that we talked about. Uh, but I do think that if we look at Sanders' average stat line um, this week, what you're going to find is that you have just 10% of his matches scoring touchdowns, 21 receiving yards. If you look at Zeke, I can pull him up here quickly. You do have 30% of his matches finding the end zone, 12 uh, receiving yards. You know, it's a really close one. I actually think, though, I'd feel better about trotting Elliott out there this week than I would Sanders, you know, despite some things that you could point to in terms of trend in the GLSP, um, I would go the way of Elliot. So a lot of good questions. Everybody really appreciate them coming in. I'm going to be on for about another three minutes. If anybody out there wants to get anything in, feel like I might've missed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Diego, if you're still there, I missed this one. Also deciding between bears D and bangles D. Yes. I love the DST ones because as I've pointed out in the past, sometimes you get results that you just really wouldn't expect. Um, oh, thanks, Will. Appreciate it. Um, Bears D and Bengals D. Sometimes you get these results that you're not expecting. Uh, if we look at Chicago and we look at Cincinnati, you have Chicago facing Carolina tonight, Cincinnati against Houston. Um, you might be inclined to assume that with how Houston's been playing, it makes this a very difficult one for Cincinnati. There actually is a spread of 1.2 points here in the favor of Cincinnati in terms of average. That said, though, Chicago does come out, I think, in my opinion, on top here because we do see them getting some matches between 20 to 25. And very honestly, I think you can see more implosion scenarios here uh, for Carolina than you could see Houston. So though in an average case, this would look like Cincinnati might be the play. I think when you dig a little bit deeper, um, I'd be more inclined to try to get the top end here from Chicago and hope that in that short week, we see some big issues. All right. Um, oh, here's a question from Will. If you need one last analysis, I'm baiting between Dotson or DJ Moore before the game tonight. I'm starting Dotson in the moment, but would love your input. Yes, we will quickly pull this one up. So I talked a little bit about Dotson earlier. Let's quickly take a look at DJ Moore. Uh, DJ Moore has been really good this year. One of those players that I worry less about some of these factors that you might worry about more with other players. 9.2 targets, 82 yards, 50% of his matches found the end zone, an average of 17.4. Um, I think I might discount that to some degree tonight, but I think the correct answer here is you go out, you play more. Um, you just, there's no reason to sit more for a player like Dotson this week. I don't think the final thing that I'll add on here. Um, let me pull up the passing game matchup Raider. Uh, I don't recall if I wrote yet about Washington, uh, but I did spend a little bit of time looking at the matchup for the bears earlier in the week. And um, we look at DJ Moore. 
you know, a rating of 44 this week, which is fairly average. What that tells us is, you know, he should be able to roughly approximate points per game. Um, For Washington, it does like his matchup with the Seahawks. And one of the reasons for this is that Seattle has been favorable to wide receivers across alignments. That said, it's a little bit different for Dotson, though, because he is vying with a number of other players in that offense. Um, I know Moore's story there might not be too great, uh, but the final thing we could also look at is you look at points allowed uh, versus expectation per game. Um, you can see that Carolina is allowing wide receivers to score 105% of their points per game, which is one of the higher rates this week. Uh, Seattle's in relatively the same zone too. So I would go with your stud here and I'd start more. Hopefully, uh, hopefully these calls end up working out. You know, I generally end up watching these games being more hopeful that the advice I gave works out for everybody than what I'm seeing on my own teams, but, uh, always fun to get these in. Appreciate everybody hanging out. We'll leave one more minute in case anybody out there has a question and I will pop back. Oh, I forgot to not switch screens. We'll pop back to the GLSP here uh, just for one second and take a final look at maybe some wide receivers that if you're kind of in dire straits might be options worth looking at. Uh, so if I pop to page three here, which is going to show us 31 through 45, um, any names standing out to me as kind of surprises? I guess not. Um, I already talked about Nick Westbrook, Kine, how he has one of the best matchup ratings of the week, finds himself here, uh, in potential wide receiver three territory. Um, GLSP does not love T Higgins this week. I actually expect him to have a better performance given the way that, uh, or the tendencies that he has versus Houston. Um, Brandon Ayuk against Jacksonville. GLSP does not love this week. I like him a little bit more, but you know, I don't really think there's anything else here too impactful or too outside of expectation as far as wide receivers go this week. So as always, I really appreciate everybody um, hanging out with me tonight. Look forward to answering these questions all week. Uh, so as always, it was a lot of fun. Appreciate everybody stopping by and I will see those of you watching on the stream next week. For those of you listening to the podcast, uh, feel free to shoot us questions via email on Twitter. If you're not going to be able to make the live stream, but just want to hang out or uh, get your question answered despite not being able to hang out with us. So uh, look forward to catching up with all of you next week and uh, good luck in your matchups. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. 